what's part of your pre-show ritual? Just getting your septum piercing straight. Yeah. Making sure that's straight, making sure my glasses aren't crooked and like comfortable with the headphones on my head. Yeah. And just like, you know, if I'm wearing a jumper, making sure, you know, when the sleeves get like stuck in the jumper and it's like really annoying and feels uncomfortable. So. Oh, yeah. Because my big biceps make it, the sleeves roll up. So. Yeah. Because so. I got big biceps. No, it's just like it's, you know, need to be like feeling comfy when you sit down. It's like you putting on your shoes. Like you have to put your shoes on to make you feel more responsible. It makes you feel grounded. Yes. That's yeah. a good way to put it. It's like, you know, on Big Daddy, mm-hmm. where the kid has to put on sunglasses to feel comfortable. Oh, I yeah. Have to, I have to put on shoes during the podcast. Gotcha. Feel comfortable. Yeah. Feels like I'm kind of at work. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, it does. Because, like, it's one of those. I remember when you first started working at home, you were, I remember saying, like, you have the shower, you get ready. Um, Showers. Sometimes, sometimes now, um, that you like as if you're going out to work, but it's at home. Like you put, you had the shoes on and all that kind of stuff. Cause I remember you saying, if you didn't have your shoes on, you couldn't be like, you'd be un, like not distracted, which is why I remember oh, you used to come home and not take your shoes off straight away. Okay. Cause it felt like I'm pretty, you were I'm getting relaxed. I guess it's not OCD. I guess it's more of just general cleanliness. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of wearing shoes inside anymore. These no. ones I will because they're not worn outside. Or if they're worn out, it's literally to go to the movies. For like two hours. But stuff where you're walking in driveways or mm-hmm. pavements, those shoes I try not to walk through the house. No, and I do like that. I go to the dog park a lot and there's a lot of dog poop there. Yes, but I do like that a lot. We've got like a rack sort of near the front door. We put our main shoes in and I do like not having to track them through the whole entire house. It is that a little bit cleaner. I mean, we still have to vacuum every single like second day because we have a dog and dogs have a lot of hair, so... Yeah, I'll so do what like, are we saying here? Feel comfortable in what you do. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> have some rituals. <laughs> Put some shoes on to feel more grounded. I think people have rituals that might not even be aware that they have them. They just do them out of habit. Um, and it's probably something that if they didn't do it on one particular day, they might feel mm-hmm. off or out of sorts. Yeah, it's a bit like making the bed. Like that's like the old school, like tried and true, like if you want to get into a rhythm, like just knock one thing off the list for the day and that's like making the bed. So it feels like you're being step one and being productive. So that's it's like why a I good habit. Because I don't yeah. want to feel productive. <laughs> Ooh, Bless sorry. you. Thank you. All right. So welcome back guys to the Look Mum um, Hustling Podcast, episode 75. It's our diamond episode. It is. I feel like I should say it's a milestone because I say that like it's every- It's a milestone. <laughs> it's a milestone. With it's a like the, Yeah, wisdom with a Y. Um, for those that maybe are international, it's just a classic radio ad. So Winston with a Y. About, and about blinds for all things, not like the seeing thing. I don't thing, think they even call them blinds there, do they? Blinds, curtains- does it all. Do they? I think Winston so. Winston sells it all, does yeah. he? So it's our 75th episode. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to be back. I don't even know. I mean, I hope so. I hope you'd be happy I'm to happy be back. I'm happy to be here. I'm just not too sure what we're talking about. We've kind of got a mishmash of articles, and that's kind of the, the way we run the show generally anyway. Yes. It's been a, I was going to say a pretty busy week, but it kind of hasn't been at the same time. It's been a, like a, because we hit like another milestone on Tuesday, like a finance Milestone, so with our savings for our house deposit. So we had a new savings or one of our the next I guess it's kind of a goal, but it's more just a new tier. Yeah. Uh, I don't we have goals, but it kind of they move all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um I actually did a blog post yesterday. It's kind of talking about systems versus goals. I'm more of a system person. I don't like having a specific goal. Um it's kind of just a new chapter or a new tier you're stepping into as mm-hmm. opposed to Reached a goal, now what? It's more 
just moving on to the next page, if that makes sense. So yes. we hit a new savings um, target, I guess you would say, which mm-hmm. is fun. We hit a new eBay business milestone. Milestone. Mm-hmm. Milestone. So it's been actually a pretty big week when you think about it. Maybe yeah. we should treat ourselves. That's what we did on Tuesday night. We, like, we gave ourselves the night well, off. There's and three like... milestones. I've only treated ourselves once. <laughs> one so of we, them. We're due... <laughs> Two splurges. So even though we are locomotive hustling, we do, you know, take a night off here and there to treat ourselves when we deserve it. Well, we don't reward ourselves that much. No. In terms of bigger purchases. Yeah. We got ourselves some, uh, I got some salt vinegar chips and you got some like sunny hoy chickens and that's us like celebrating. <laughs> I was going to get cookies, but chips were more. <laughs> we're on sale was probably. On, was on sale and I wanted more, something more savory. <laughs> But that, that's us, like, celebrating something. So we don't go huge. No, we don't buy a new pair of sneakers. We don't buy, I don't know. I'll, I'll... Like a Rolex? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rolex. There goes the next tier of savings. I know. Uh, it's actually a pretty big weight when you think about it. We're yeah. Halfway through July. So mm-hmm. it's a nice way to think about how things may end up at the end of the year or this time next year and the, and the direction things are going, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Still s- slower than what I'd like. There's a lot of things that can be improved upon oh, for sure. in terms of our processes and habit formation and that sort of thing. Things that we wanted to do since the start of the year, but we just haven't made happen yet. And that's uh, something that I'm kind of coming to grips with, with in terms of knowing that you can't do everything all at once and you can't, um, I guess, beat yourself up or, sort of have that negative self-talk or self-doubt or that feeling sorry for yourself mode just because mm-hmm. you can't do it all right now. Yeah. if It's just the intention behind it. If, if the time makes sense and the intention is right, then it will sort of work itself out. Um, and that's something we're constantly battling with. But something we're not battling with is turning up to this podcast. No. So we- this week, sorry. No, you go. That's all right. I was just doing We're still my- not very good at not talking over each other or knowing when we – about to, when we're about to finish each other's sentences or our own sentences for that matter. Yeah, we try to. Yeah, that was a test. Yeah. It jumped straight in. We try to give his, give each other looks because Drew will take like long pauses, but I also take long pauses as well. So it's sometimes a bit hard to like knowing when to jump in. If I'm in. looking away, there's more to come. Right. And then so when we look at each other, be like, all right, you're up. If I was like staring you dead in the eyes, it yeah. means like, your time to talk. But if I'm. Looking away halfway through a sentence, it's because mm-hmm. I'm searching. Searching for more some words. more words. <laughs> so this week we're going to talk about uh, pretty some more AI stuff. We've got some AI stuff here. Mm-hmm. We've got um, some NFT news. We haven't talked about NFTs for a while. Mm. Back in the first season of the pod before mm-hmm. our break, we talked about NFTs and we talked about Axie Infinity kind of before That's it was blowing up. right, yeah. This was right in the middle of... The COVIDs? The COVIDs. Mm-hmm. 20, 21. 21. Yeah. Two years ago almost. Mm. Uh, we talked about NFTs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we haven't really talked about it for a while now. So there's a, a new article I've seen this week about bored apes and how they're worthless now. Maybe we just jump straight into that now. Yeah, might as well. So I haven't actually read this article yet, but it is an interesting thing, potentially like a follow-up part to one of our previous episodes, which would have been... Almost 50 episodes ago. Yeah, it would have to be. quite a while ago. So this is from futurism.com. Remember Bored Apes? They're almost worthless now. So Bored Ape NFTs have absolutely plummeted in value, dropping to multi-year lows this month. 
the value of this once booming collection of JPEGs, which sold for millions of dollars just a couple of years ago, has created selling for as little as 52,000 worth of ETH this month. Because it used to be Bored Apes and was it Cyberpunks? Yeah. They were like the two like- CryptoPunks. CryptoPunks, sorry. Is Cyberpunks. it CryptoPunks? I think it's been cri- so long. Cyberpunk, I think, is a game. <laughs> and then cri- so, I- Correct. Yeah. And then crypto, crypto, <laughs> yeah. cyberpunks, crypto. It's been punks. a while. The NFT thing is kind of yeah. They were like the two. Like if you were hold, holding on to any of those, then you were like rolling in it. Was it Crypto Kitties? Was that the That's other a game? One? Oh man, it's all getting okay. that whole year is just blurring out now. We talked about this in the car this morning about that 2020, 2021 period of COVID, and it, it feels like. Feels like those years, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to Macca's and you throw a pickle on the window. Yeah. No, I've never, never done that. race. People that don't like their pickles on their Big Macs throw pickles on the glass. Right. And then they just have a race. Whoever's pickle, it's like a race to the bottom. I've never done that before. Pickle race. Pickle race. Yeah. If it feels like twenty twenty one and twenty twenty were like a pickle race in terms of just shit slapped against glass mm-hmm. sliding down gotcha to be forgotten about in two seconds mm-hmm. fair enough probably not my finest analogy, analogy? Yeah. you come up with some really strange <laughs> ones trying to explain to me it's like you have two cupcakes right <laughs> yeah there's two cupcakes cupcake a cupcake b so ape coin oh we've got we got instant ads guys help us out with the funding <laughs> just with the funding <laughs> Uh, basically, bored apes have turned from a celebrity-endorsed status symbol into a depressing reminder that the NFT market still somehow exists in 2023, despite a precipitous drop in interest. Mm. Um, so it's, just, it's not a huge article here, but it's just interesting to think about how much things can change. Yeah. Because it was such a big hype phase of NFTs. Oh, 100%. Is Gary V still pushing V friends? Because I know yep. that was yeah. So they just had their VCon would have been their second year a right. couple of weeks ago. He he's definitely like still all over it. He wants to be the the main, uh, pretty the main community in terms mm-hmm. of widespread knowledge of NFT and a Discord yeah. overall community. He plans on building it into cartoons and Netflix series and all yeah, that sort of I stuff because they're kind of kid kid friendly avatars and characters mm-hmm. but yeah it's interesting let's have a look at uh on OpenSea here what the board apes are going for now or what they used to be at because i think like one of the bad things about nfts was there was just so much like fraud out there as well like so many people just trying to rot the system and just like get money off people and then obviously you have the sam big big ben freed dude well, that wasn't really nfts it was but that was like in the space. crypto space yeah, yeah but, but also probably you know, helped or fueled the decline of, like, that cryptocurrency NFT sort of world? Well, there was that period of about two months where I was heavy into the Doge Pound NFTs. Mm-hmm. And there was a, I'm trying to find it now. There was a couple of sites that would just showcase the up-and-coming NFT drops. Mm-hmm. And there was 50 new drops a day of all these random projects. None of them ever stood the chance mm-hmm. or were ever going to stand the test of time. And I'm not going to go to it now. I haven't been on here for ages, and I guarantee it's still the same thing. Another 20 new ones coming out in the next day or two. Right. It's just always anatomy of emotions, afterburn, 
some are like cool artistic things, mm-hmm. but the ones that are the generative avatars, <laughs> trippy alien. When you get a, a randomization of different traits and things like that, mm-hmm. like FOMO fars, like people haven't caught on that half of these ones are just going kaput, belly up. Yeah. Well, it's pretty lucky that you sold them when you did as well. Well, the dog pounds have got a little bit lucky, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's have a look at activity here on the Board Ape Yacht Club on OpenSea, which is a platform for selling your NFTs. Yeah, and it's a pretty, like, OpenSea is one of the legit ones. Like, there's probably a heap of... Yeah, it is the legit but, one, yeah. Yeah. So this is the overall trend since May 2021. Right. So it's two years now. Mm-hmm. Peaked at, it peaked around a year in, around May last year until mm-hmm. the end of last year, and it's, it's been on downward since then. And now May this year is kind of where it was after three months. Right. So if you got in at this very, the first month or two, you're mm-hmm. still making a fair bit of profit. But anything after the three month mark, or well, probably six months from November 2021. Mm-hmm. You're probably down some money. So how much? How many ETH? Or how many ETH? How much ETH was it at its top price? Up here. Yeah. So, like twenty nine. How much is that? Oh, hang in? on. So it says average. So yeah. this is the peak was twenty nine thousand ETH. Average price one hundred and fifty eight ETH. Mm-hmm. And that was. I mean, ETH would have changed since then. So, oh, because that goes up and down in value as well. Of course. Yeah. Interesting. So ETH on April 2022. Interesting. Um, you got to talk if I'm sitting. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like paying attention to what you're doing. <laughs> um, for those that are just listening in, Drew's trying to find out how much like ETH so this is- was worth on the dollar. Back then. April 2022, mm-hmm. 2,800 USD. So, so one ETH was 2,800 USD. Far out. That's so, so we'll much times, money. Times that by what the average was, which was 158. Mm-hmm. Times 158. So 440. The average was half a mil. doesn't seem right. Pretty sure it is right though. No, because like people were ended up buying them for like a mil. Like everyone's like saying all the that celebrities bought, were like getting in for like half a mil, half a mil and stuff. Yeah, and like some people were like had two or had three, and now they're only worth like what thirty seven thousand or something like that. Like what a drop! NBA star St- Steph Curry's board eight, which he bought for one hundred eighty thousand dollars, is now worth under a third of that price. Mm-hmm. I don't know if. 44. Oh, that's right. And Justin Bieber bought them. And yeah, that's Everyone right. bought them. Yeah. Well, let's have a look. Celebrities that purchased bored apes. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah. That was like the designer NFT. Like if you're into designer yeah. brands, you had like a bored yes. ape. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as, like, I mean, you got Snoop, DJ Khaled, Mark Cuban, some of the biggest people in sports and business, mm-hmm. music. They're into it. It's the cool thing, right? Yes. So we've got LaMelo Ball, who's an NBA player, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, NFL player, um, Mark Cuban, as I said, Steph Curry, Neymar, who's a, a soccer player, Shaq, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, basketball player. You've got Justin Bieber, Steve Aoki. He bought, yeah. 
The chain smokers, the bear. Oh my gosh, he bought so many. many. Um, Diplo, Eminem, Jimmy Fallon, Future, Gunner, Kevin Hart, Madonna, Paris Hilton, DJ Khaled, KSI, Little Baby, Little Dirk, Post Malone, Marshmallow. So all the rappers. Mm -hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow, Takeoff, Timberland, Travis B. Travis B, your boy. And Gary, Gary v. v bought three. And that's just the people you, you hear about. Yeah. But like Steve Aoki, because he was like big into the NFT crypto he space, still is. right? He- yeah. He would have put so much, also lost so much as well at the same time. It's an article. But unless if he like, he was trading that whole entire time and just made a whole bunch of money anyway. The thing is with the trading, the fees would have been so, so large. Like the, the gas fees and everything would have been so mm-hmm. large on those. Yeah. And that was like a really interesting concept. They had the gas fees because it was so costly to like the environment stuff to actually move that around with all the, the computer power. That's a very like rudimentary sort of like explanation of it. But yeah. I can't believe how much time I spent looking into NFTs. It was a good six months that you were like, well, it was like a... Because I love how you just get in-depth with something, like you just want to learn it. And it was during lockdown, so you were limited in like where you could go, what you could do. So you actually like invested your time. But not only were you learning about the crypto space, you're learning about the stock market space and stuff as well. You're just learning about digital currency. And- just anyway, because f- I'm a flipper, I flip yeah. stuff on eBay. Mm-hmm. This is just another way to flip things. Yeah. Which is the opposite of, like, I mean, flip things on eBay, but this is kind of, you can be a flipper, but you- Everyone thought things were going to go up in value. So it was more of like a holding investment exercise. Mm-hmm. But it's such a new technology, such a new way of investing. You don't know who's building up these projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just something to keep you distracted during yeah. that COVID time. And it was fun to look at too. It was interesting. It was artistic. It was different to just normal kind of like Apple stocks and Microsoft and Amazon stocks. It was just that little bit different. So let me see if I can find some any interesting news about NFTs while we're still on this topic. I imagine there's still gigantic demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in a pretty hectic recession period for the last twelve months. Yes, true. So I don't know. I'm sure if you if you spent enough time in these worlds on Discord, in Twitter, mm-hmm. there's plenty of information or plenty of conversation around NFTs and why they're going to be the biggest thing and why they're viable and why to invest here and there. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the people that were in it for that initial hype have probably got more important things to worry about now. Now that they're not getting all this income from the government, all these mm-hmm. stimulus packages that they were giving out, because that's what a lot I funded a lot of the activity. Ah, uh, true, and because it's one of those ones where you sort of like have to keep an eye on it daily. Like a lot of people just don't have that time anymore. No, as well, they're back, you know, back in the office or back doing their job, back doing their thing, and then it's just like that afterthought. It can't be like like a full-time gig anymore. It's just like maybe the occasional hobby. So this is an interesting post from just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. More than 80% of crypto punks, me bits, world of women, Bay C, which is Bored Ape Yacht, Yacht Club, Club. Yep. which we are just talking about. 80% of all of these haven't been sold once in 2023. Oh, wow. So most holders have remained, well, holding or not willing to sell. Mm-hmm. So... 83% of the Board Ape Yacht Club haven't sold. So they're just sitting there holding it. That's this year. You- so the price that people are selling them for now is mm-hmm. the 17% that need to just get out. Get some money back, yeah. And they're getting out at 
two thirds, yes. losing sixty seven percent of their value. Mm-hmm. If they bought it at that peak time, if they're people that bought it in that first run up stage, mm-hmm. you're probably getting a decent payout. It's just interesting. I wonder what Doge Pound's sitting at. This is probably not that interesting to a lot of you, but it's it's uh, worth thinking about for any type of marketplace, mm-hmm. supply and demand. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. 100%. And Doge Pound were doing pretty well for a while because um, you had like the Dogecoin and stuff that was complementary to Doge Pound, okay. Dog Pound, Doge Pound, whatever you want to call it. I got the free puppies. All you that did. Sort of stuff. It was cute. We bought a car. We did buy a car with it. Sold the car. We have. Yes, that was um. That's actually good. We were able to sell the car and get rid of it. Which so is this nice. is the chart here. Mm-hmm. So pretty. If you can see on the on the video, awesome. If not, then don't know what to tell you. Other than it's a chart that goes up really fast and then <laughs> down, down slowly. dramatically. Oh. I mean, it's it's a taper off. Okay. I mean, it's been dead for a year. Mm-hmm. May 2022, it's been flat since then. Yeah. So we, I got in on day one when it was launching, when it was in that, ah, that mint phase. Yes. And then we purchased that car, I think, January or February last year. Mm-hmm. So 2022. So at probably the second highest peak. Mm-hmm. When the average price was 2.2 ETH, which was probably, say, two and a half grand per ETH, about five, six grand mm-hmm. USD. And then pretty much two months after that, it's just It down. dropped, yeah. So we got out at the last chance before we- A hundred percent. Wouldn't We probably wouldn't have lost money because we minted them quite cheap. If we sold them now, we would have lost money. Mm-hmm. But selling, selling them at that time- was pretty smart. We could have. We, we were never going to pick when the the peak time was. Yes, because like you thought it was going to keep going up, going up. Hundred percent. So we caught it just before it fell again. Yeah, because it had a yeah big dip and it was on its uptick, and we're like, all right, this is the time to sell. We didn't. We weren't even sure if it was going to, but it did, which and was then good. Come March, it was yeah, dead. Mm-hmm. So I got pretty lucky with that. Um, not saying I'm. Do you remember uh, what number you had? I can find them. I'm not going to give that info out because oh, it's got, fair, got, got your wallet attached. I still got to it. other things attached. That's fair. Do we still? Do you still have some cryptos in there? Some NFTs floating about? Yeah, I've got heaps. Yeah, just they've just been sitting there. A lot of them are worth five dollars now. That's fair. And the gas to get them out, or to like, first of all, no one's going to buy them. Mm-hmm. This is the supply and demand thing again. There's no demand for it at all, mm-hmm. but so much supply. So you can list one of your crappy ones at. 0.005 ETH and it's worth $15, but no one's going to pay because it's going to cost them $6 in gas mm-hmm. fees. You might as well just let it sit there. It could turn into a Bitcoin like 10 years down the track. So, no. Fair enough. Could. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. But they but- also get a lot of random spam things sent to your wallet mm-hmm. that are just um, basically scams and hacks mm-hmm. if you click them it can open up a bunch of problems yeah. for your wallet or your metamask or just your security in general mm-hmm. do you just leave them there or can you delete them you can leave them there a lot of them as soon as you click the i mean this was information i had been reading 12 or 18 months ago a lot of the times if you click the actual thing mm-hmm. it's basically granting some permission like on some level access, yeah, yeah. Um, that basically gives the owner 
information saying there's activity on this NFT. Mm-hmm. Someone's clicked it. I don't know whether it's your IP address flagged. It's just it's just too risky to even touch any of it. Gotcha. Other than the things you know you've purchased, mm-hmm. or if you got airdropped something from the founders mm-hmm. as a gift. Yeah. Um, but interesting to think about. I mean, tax time has just finished, and I don't think we sold anything in that last financial year. No. Um, whereas the previous financial year, it was a nightmare because when you're doing your tax, mm-hmm. every little dollar of profit you made on the blockchain is tracked. Yes. And then you have to basically report all of that. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many microtransactions. Just selling, just converting ETH to Bitcoin alone is a transaction. Sometimes if you're transferring from ETH to something else, it has to go to a different coin and then back. So it's almost like one transaction is two or three at some some points. Yeah, and you're losing these couple of dollars along the way. Exactly, and yeah. it's just impossible to track. Mm. I mean, the technology and stuff will get better. There are um, applications and websites to track all that stuff, but it's just a nightmare in ta- tax-wise anyway. Yeah, sorry, tax guy. <laughs> so, sorry, Ethan. Um, so that's the NFT news, something interesting for the week. Mm. And um, I guess we'll, stay, we'll just do a yearly update on... On how NFTs are traveling. <laughs> well, I don't know how. Let's have a look at Gary V. One's Robber still on this topic. So, be friends. He's got two, right? So, we had the initial one called Series One, which is the OG people. Mm-hmm. And then Series Two, which was opened up um, to a wider. There's more items available mm-hmm. and they're more affordable. And it was designed to get thousands and thousands of people into the community as opposed to a, a, a small group of a couple of thousand. So these are his original ones, obviously very scrappy hand-drawn stuff by him. Then the mm-hmm. Series 2 are more professionally yeah, done. Yeah, that's right. Um, so let's look at this activity. So I think they were selling for about three to six ETH at the very start. And again, it peaked at around March last year and mm-hmm. it's been down ever since. Yeah. And it could be due to a number of reasons. The hype died out mm-hmm. as well as inflation recession um the war in ukraine started around february march last year so mm-hmm. a lot of things that have impacted how things are run yeah for sure or how, um, th- how, how, how people are spending their money anyway mm-hmm. but there'll probably be something that's going well for them is because like gary v who's the creator of it all is very still active within it. Like he's not not talking about it. So it's already something that's around within his community and everything. Every time you do that, you're like, worry me. Ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because he's so active within the community, it's probably not going to decrease as much as like someone else has been like, I've given up. If that makes sense. What do you mean? Another founder? Yeah. So just like. It's probably going to hold, like, it's not going to be, like, zero dollars or anything because he's still talking about it, still pushing it, still, still quite active. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's not just going to let it go. Like, the original, it looks like the original V friends are way more worth, like, worth more than the round there's, two. Because there's more access, there's more mm. perks and benefits. Yeah. Whereas this Series 2 has just been on a straight downtrend. Uh, yeah, because in the previous one, there's only about 5,000 owners, and this one, there's 21. So, there's heaps more people have it. Yeah. Yeah. So... And just it's pe- to give gives people a chance to say I'm I'm part of the Gary V world. Yeah. Whereas the series one, you're getting access to the V cons, you're getting access to 
um, group chats or Skype calls with him directly. Ah. There's, there's way more at stake, which is why the price goes up. I forgot that. Like, when you got... Sorry, I'm about to be on. My bad. When you got um the... Like, if you got a particular NFT, they would have that, like, extra packages. It was like a ticket, right? You'd have access to other things, like exclu- like you're saying, exclusive phone calls, um, no emails, new letters. Breakfast, free- lunch, dinner, meetups. Yeah. All that sort of thing. Yeah, so there's other perks as well to buying it. Whereas seriously doesn't have that. I think there might be some, but mm-hmm. not really. Well, it's like that's how we got our accountant, right? Like they had an NFT and it had a free accounting service in it. Yep, that's yeah. right. Extra service. You're giving Ethan a lot of shout-outs here. Oh, hi, Ethan. End of financial year. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what else we have this week? Um, so you brought up some new AI news. Well, obviously, we mm-hmm. love talking about AI. Yeah. And could have something to do with NFTs mm-hmm. and the drop in that. People are just more that sort of not technology war, but it's not hype. It's sort of like you know how there's like the hype beast world for the mm-hmm. new sneakers, the supreme. It's almost like that, but with internet hype. Yeah. Like where people move to. They move from NFTs to then into AI space mm-hmm. or into invest. It's like these people move, if that makes sense. Well, they move. The, people always follow the trends, right? Like it's the. But it's it's only it's not trendy globally. It's not like everyone on this street. It's within the tech space. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like a a tech hype mm-hmm. sort of people our age, probably more skewed male, mm-hmm. just like follow what the latest cool thing is. Yeah. Until it burns out. Well, like- interesting, interesting, interesting to think about. Well, it's the whole, like, when the voice assist thing sort of popped up, right? Like, that voice assistance, you had Siri, you had Google, you've got Alexa. Like, that was, like, an AI trend and everybody was, like, just talking to it and getting taking notes and stuff. This is just, like, another reiteration of it. It's almost like digital grifters. Okay. You know, and they're, just, they're the, on the, um, the tech train. Well, they're looking for the next thing to spend their time in. I do it, all, I do it as well. I just want to find the next thing, mm-hmm. dig into it for a bit until – it's no longer interesting or trendy or mysterious cool or yeah. there's something more to learn. The people that play video games, all their time is all their spare time for the most part is tied up in the video games. They're not spending extra time browsing the internet or being on Twitter trying to find out what's cool and what's not. Mm-hmm. There's people that are already like locked into their hobbies and passions and really don't move outside of those worlds. Whereas the people that do this, that's all they do is grift from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. I guess I'm a digital grifter. Hey, it's an interesting term, digital grifter. Market that. <laughs> no? <laughs> Drew's what? giving me a look of like, what are you talking about? <laughs> my, my, I'll market it. Yeah, it's an it's a interesting name. Like how many times have you heard digital grifter? Twice, uh, three times in the last Because you said it, Yeah. <laughs> Technically trademarked in this conversation. Yes. Okay. No one. No one steal our idea. <laughs> so this is an article from the Hill. I think this is a very political um, Make- publication, Sarah. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Is the Hill, the Hill politically motivated? What is the bias of the Hill News Magazine? The Hill is considered to be a. F- um, sorry, I just want to make sure we're not getting completely Bias reliable information. News, yeah. 
Fake news. So Drew's just Googling to see if it's neutral or not neutral, if it's biased, least biased, mostly factual. This is pretty balanced. Are you balanced? I think so. Anyway, I just, I've heard, I've never really read it before, but I've heard The Hill was rated sent. Uh, this is a, this is a interesting website. Allsides.com. <laughs> Don't be fooled by media bias or mis- misinformation. So hmm. it gives you the, I mean, this actually website that's giving people ratings could be biased. It as could well. be, yeah. But it's saying, uh, media bias, whether it's left or right leaning, and mm-hmm. which art- which publication where it falls. So this could be interesting going forward. So it says the hill is um, set- center, tiny bit left, tiny bit left, left of center. So leans left a little so, bit, but in the center. Therefore, we will read it. Okay, there you go. All right, Drew approved. Better than uh, BuzzFeed all, articles. It's all sides. Well, <laughs> debatable. I think the last week. Last week's problem was Business Insider. That's right. That was just more of like such a clickbaity thing. I wonder if this will work. Business Insider. Maybe it's not going to work because it's like a, not a proper, maybe because it's not a proper website. Nope. Business Times. Not even registered. Hang on, hang on. You're jumping the gun here. <laughs> You need to do diligence. Anyway, mm-hmm. Hill approved. So this is from The Hill. Sarah Silverman uses oh, Sue's. Yes. Open AI and Meta over use of her book in training AI programs. Interesting. Yeah. So this is like we've talked about before in the past about copyright. Um, what's the other word that I'm thinking of? The um, When it's your... Intellectual property. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Intellectual property. Like where does the, where is the line drawn? Like when it comes to images, writing, all that kind of thing, obviously there's been heaps of information that's used to like train this particular program. So if they're used her book to make this particular thing, did they pay her for it? Did they ask her for it? Like how many books did they use? Okay. So what's the problem? Meta and OpenAI have... So Sarah, Silver- Sarah Silverman is among three authors suing Meta and OpenAI for alleged copyright infringement, saying that the company's artificial intelligent programs were knowingly and secretly trained using unauthorized copies of their books. The pair of proposed class action lawsuits were filed Friday in San Francisco, caught by the comedian as well as writers Christopher Golden and Richard Cadry. The lawsuit against OpenAI claims that much of the material used to train the tool comes from copyrighted works, including books written by plaintiffs. When a user prompts ChatGPT to summarize books written by Silverman and the other two authors, the lawsuit says it generated very accurate summaries, but the summaries get some details wrong. Interesting. But it, doesn't it do that with some books, like any, like a couple of books? It's, it's combing the internet, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me read more of this article. Um, lawsuits seek un- the lawsuits seek unspecified statutory damages, damages, saying the conduct by OpenAI and Meta has caused and continues to cause irreparable, irreparable injury that cannot fully be compensated by or measured in money. So what they're saying is 
that if someone wants to ask ChatGPT to summarize the book, it will summarize it, but some of the details in the summary are wrong. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how you can sue Meta or OpenAI for that because they're assuming that that the books have been uploaded in an unauthorized way. Like the entire book is just uploaded to the training program. Mm-hmm. But my impression or my understanding is there's probably a bunch of people that have written blogs about the book and summarized it. And mm-hmm. it's just using those as references to create its own answer. Mm-hmm. It kind of, the I mean, I could be completely wrong here, but it seems like the lawsuit is implying that the people behind Meta or OpenAI have uploaded the book to the actual AI. Yes. When that's, I doubt would be the case. Yeah, because why would it just be three authors? Like, it doesn't make sense. Well, if they did that to one book, they'd be doing it to every single book. For sure, yeah. So wouldn't there be a way bigger lawsuit with 10,000 authors? Mm -hmm. I think it's just an internet, it's just a culmination of different articles and it's summarizing based on other summaries yes and that's one thing that if you've used chat gpt it can give you a lot of bullshit and just wrong straight up wrong information all the time like i asked it to give me a a, a roast beef recipe (laughs) and it completely killed my 30 dollar roast beef it did yes yeah, so I wouldn't trust it for recipes that's for sure well it's just it's it's scraping the internet right and there's like the source of the internet is by human beings and human beings make mistakes, right? That's oh, the whole thing. Of far like, too often for yeah. my liking. <laughs> That's why we're human beings, right? So obviously if it's scoping that, it's also scoping the mistakes. Like, yes, it's scoping what's right, but it's also scoping what's wrong and it's just putting everything together, mashing it up and making it or try and make it make sense. Like that's what it's doing. Doesn't doesn't necessarily know if it's going to be right. It's just trying to make it make sense. So let me see if I can get any more information. Yeah, and like it's, this is just like, it's just an interesting article because it's just like how, how will OpenAI be able to explain or be like, hey, yo, we didn't use your books. This is just like coming from the internet. Like if you're going to be suing us, you might as well sue the blogs that are like summarizing your books on your behalf kind of thing. So then it's just. I mean, we can get in, we don't know how these. Uh, AI models are run or operated. So we can't have a, a fantastic take. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they wouldn't be making a lawsuit without sufficient evidence to say this is what we believe you're doing. There's obviously a lot more to it than we can possibly comprehend. But it's interesting how this can even make sense. Like, I, I don't understand. Writers and publishers, writers, authors, and publishers who are concerned about ChatGPT's uncanny ability to generate text similar to that found in copyrighted textual materials, including thousands of books. I think that a lot of people just worried about their voice being stolen and being copied. Same as you know, the music artists worried about AI-generated voice stealing, like I guess their share of you know their audience or things like that. So it's just that that fear of losing your job or losing your ability to be able to do something because something that's AI can do it better or just as well. I can understand if you're 
going on there and saying, give me the entire Sarah Silverman book mm-hmm. and just pace it for you. Yes. If it's just summarizing, I don't see what the big deal is. No. If they have the entire book on, in code somewhere on their, mm-hmm. on their back end saved, then technically they can reproduce that. Mm-hmm. If it's just a summary based on other summaries, there's not a lot of legs to stand on. But again, we're not lawyers and we don't know the full context. Yet, no. But this is probably going to be the first in many lawsuits of this nature. Mm-hmm. And this is just because she's a celebrity, a public it figure. It is, yeah. But it's also just, yeah, that creative voice. So, like, she's a comedian, she's an author, she's an actor. Like, she does all these different scopes of things. So, she's a creative in general. So, it's just one of those things to be like, all right, how many creators are going to be like, yeah, hey, you know, that's stealing, stealing my intellectual property. How dare they? Yeah, I mean, there's other um, parts of this article here about Getty Images f- filing lawsuits against AI, um, alleging that Stability AI, which is similar to Midjourney, mm-hmm. created an AI image generation tool, Stable Diffusion, um, trained its model on millions of images protected by copyright. So it's working off protected material and doing its own iteration of that, and they're gotcha. saying you shouldn't even have access to those materials to then mm-hmm. be influenced by. Gotcha. But then that, that ties into, you know, well, what's the difference between someone actually physically having all this inspiration, like reading an art book and then doing a drawing based on your inspiration from that art book? Yeah. Or same as a music artist that does a remix of another song or takes inspiration from that song or inspiration from that genre and makes something of their own. Like just because it's AI it's doing like it and not a human. Something that should be let's say you're in a paid course mm-hmm. of a photography course. Mm-hmm. It's a thousand dollars and you're learning everything you do about photography. And then you've paid the course, you run through the course, and then you repackage it and sell it for yourself for five hundred dollars. Yes. As opposed to going and doing all the research from scratch, you've just paid to get the shortcut info, then you're repackaging it and selling it on your own. That's kind of a simpler way of thinking about it. But the thing is, AI is doing all the hard work. Yes. AI is doing the t- the thousands of hours that it would take you to repackage something, mm-hmm. like going through millions of images, for example. So the, the precedent there is the time. There's no human time needed. It's computer time, which is basically nothing, split second. So they're worried about how this is going to get worse and worse and worse. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I see, I see that point of view. It's the same as an album. You buy an album mm-hmm. and you pay $30 for those songs. You shouldn't be able to just go and make money off those songs because they're not your songs. Yeah, it'd be like the old school, like burning the CD, copying the CD, and then selling it to your friends. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, Sarah Silverman's, Silverman's thing is, are they giving the full work or are they, is it just like a poor summary? Mm-hmm. Or is it misrepresenting what the actual work is? It's like taking a sample from a song, mm-hmm. like where the royalties. I took kind of talking about royalties here and copyright in the same vein. Yes. Um, but I guess the one thing we've proven is we don't know anything about <laughs> the way it works. Yes. <laughs> we don't know about tax. We don't know about law. We don't know about like copyright. We're just. It's curious. just like an yeah. We're curious, and it's just like interesting, like wave of how things are going to go because as soon as like a new technology pops up there's always going to be that fear behind it you know people holding up the pitchfork saying this is outrageous this is going to be dangerous this is going to you know you know 
make society doom in the future or whatever it is, but you just don't know. It's how people evolve with it, I think, is the big thing. Well, I mean, talking about lawsuits, this article here from the Board Apes thing I was talking about, um, there's also a class action. Bieber, Paris Hilton, Madonna, among other investors, filed a class action lawsuit in December, arguing that they were duped into buying the NFTs by other celebrities who didn't disclose they were financially invested. So, like, exactly what you're saying. What were you saying? <laughs> um, Anything, any new technology, there's that sort of... Uh, like vagueness, uh, uncharted territories where there's a mm-hmm. lot of room for like manipulation and then down the line people get stitched up and lawsuits uh, yes. are presented. I think that's kind of what you're well, kind, kind of, of talking about. Well, yeah, you've got like, people that have like the fear side and people that embrace it, but it's just one of those things. And we've talked about it before, be like, yes, there's probably going to be a lot of like negative connotations with AI incorporating into writing, visuals, music, and all that kind of stuff. But there's also going to be heaps of like positive benefits from it as well. So it's just. It's like you've got to write it out. Yes. Let the, let the grifters deal with all the nonsense for a couple of years. Yes. Until it's sorted out. Yeah. And then the commuters can get on. The commuters? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. I get you. Interesting. Yeah. Are you a commuter or you're more of a commuter? I think so. I'll you wait be- till the, the, the track's been laid a bit and the yeah. train's already running mm-hmm. as opposed to the guy that's laying the track work down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like the, is it re- is it almost ready? All right, I'll pop on now. Or <laughs> 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 you come in a little bit too late. It's like, oh, do you need a hand with that? And like, I'm almost done. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> right, what are we talking about next? Um. Uh, so the actor's strike is what... Might as well tie in because, like, we're just talking about Sarah Silverman. So, this literally just got announced today mm-hmm. um, or potentially yesterday. Um, this is just a quick article that I grabbed because it's still so super fresh. Um, the writers have been on strike for ages, and we actually had an episode a couple of episodes ago where we talked about the writer's strike and what that means. Um, they had a writer's strike back in 2008, I think it was, from memory, and yep. just like how that affected television, how things were how like it went more into like the reality TV space and stuff because of it, because you didn't need writers and stuff for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the writers have been on strike for so long now in this particular iteration of it, and there's been a lot of actors saying they do support it and be like, yes, you know, we support the writers and stuff, but haven't really done much from it. Now they sort of joined it and now they also have a strike. But So the Hollywood actors are standing up as well. Yes. Um, it- in solidarity with the writers, so mm-hmm. actors um, standing shoulder to shoulder with the writers. So this is from The Guardian. Hollywood actors are going on strike. Here's what that means. Yeah, so after over, ne- over oh, thank you. I'll, I'll read this one. So after negotiations between studio representatives, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, AMPTP, and the U.S. Actors Union Saga, um, which I know that one is the Screen Actors Guild of America, um, Failed to make a breakthrough, sorry. Hollywood actors are going on strike. So the decision means that actors will be joining the writers on the picket lines, making or marking the first time in over six decades that both unions have taken sim- simultaneous thank you, strike action. Um, considerable thought, uh, considerable through the effect of the writer strike has been on film and TV production as well as related activities such as award shows and public Publicity events that an actor strike is likely to be some systematic. Right, I'm going to have to ask you to slow down as you read. Oh, really? I'm going too fast? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I'll I'll slow down. So, just, yeah. 
Seismic is that word. Isn't seismic. It? Seismic. Thank so you. So basically what you're saying there is can, um, the effect has been I, I, I glazed over that entire sentence because you're going so far. Okay. Considerable That's just me. through the effect of the writer strike has though. been on. Though. <laughs> considerable though, the effect of the writer strike has been on film and TV production as well as a related activity such as award shows and publicity events. An actor's strike is less likely to be. What did I say? Seismic. So they're saying the, the strike so far has been going okay, but now the actors are coming in, it's going to ramp up. Yes. Um, so it's been, uh, so the Hollywood actor is likely to have to shut down, um, or at least be massively rescheduled when the strike begins at midnight on Thursday. Which is pretty much right now. Yes. Um, so the writer strike has already seen the shutdown of the vast majority of scripted TV shows in the US as picket lines have been largely successful. Series including The Last of Us, Blade Runner 2099. There's a Blade Runner show. Yeah, The Mandalorian. Uh, hang on, there's a Blade um, Runner show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mandalorian, that. the sequel to Spider-Man No Way Home, Disney's Blade remake as well. So they've all been stored. The scripts are not being completed. A lot of Disney stuff. Interesting. Mm. However, the withdrawal of US actors' participation means that even productions with finished scripts can now no longer go ahead. So basically, oh, so if the if the actors are in strike, then their projects have to be on a standstill. They're refusing to do further work. So a lot of the stuff that's been filmed and stuff mm-hmm. since the writers' strike, yeah, if the writing's already completed, they can still they don't need the writers in the office or the studio, yeah. But the ones that the ones that didn't have their scripts written have mm-hmm. already been on pause. The ones that had their scripts already completed yeah. have been produced. Yeah. But now it's getting to a point where if you already had stuff scripted and it's been produced, mm-hmm. then you're still waiting for more scripted stuff to come in. Yeah. And now even if they are ready to film, if the actors are going straight, there's just there's no one to write and there's no one to act, act on the words that are written. Mm-hmm. So basically it's just going to get worse and worse until they come to some sort of agreement. Um, to settle this strike. Mm -hmm. Um, So studio film productions which run on even longer and more elaborate schedules will suffer longer-term damage if they have not completed filming in time because they would have such huge budgets with, like, the catering and stuff. So it affected – the previous strikes affected TV shows quite a bit, but this time around – into cinemas. Because it's actors, it's going into the movie – aspect as well so the highest profit profit pro, sorry the highest profile films still shooting include the ridley scott directed gladiator 2 um what else so mission impossible as well that's a huge blockbuster um bad boys beetlejuice 2 untitled ghostbusters oh, hang on. You, you, you're mixing up the, the different paragraphs so the first paragraph says these are the ones that are still shooting these are the ones that have finished and not affected. Right. My bad. I'm great at this. <laughs> <laughs> you got you gotta kind of read mm-hmm. in advance and like skim through it's you kind of it's kind of a three task thing. You gotta summarize, mm-hmm. be ahead of where you're talking, and just slow things down. I think I'd That's seen my, more- more practice because you you tend to read. I read a lot in my head. I don't really read out loud a lot of the time. Well, this is the way I'm thinking about it. I was mm-hmm. going to talk to you about this after last week's episode. And yeah. I forgot to mention it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give you tips saying I'm the, the greatest reader. But 
we're doing all these clips now, right? Mm-hmm. The faster you you try and whiz through a paragraph and don't summarize it or make it clear, the heart the the worse the clips are going to be. Yeah, that's fair. So think think, fair. Of, think about trying to summarize it to the most punchy parts, so the the tool we're using to get clips can actually understand what we're saying. Good feedback. Thank you. I'll take that on, on board. I mean, I was going to bring it up after the show, but I'll probably forget again. That's all right. And everybody, this is key to Working in real a time. good good, good relationship I'm, is communication to I'm, each other, giving each other I'm not saying I'm feedback. good at it, but just try and see the way that I'm doing it. Yeah, he's better than what you used to be. But I just, remember try, you used and, to just stumble. try and see the way that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take it, do it exactly as how I'm doing it. Yeah. But just be like, ah. Oh, I can see why I'm going too fast. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Sorry, this, sorry, guys. I don't mean to just rain on your parade. I'm just trying to <laughs> make things easier for everybody, yeah. especially Opus Clips. Yes. Gotcha. Um, so that's some interesting news. Let's see if there's any other articles. Hollywood strike. Because sometimes the, the longer the paragraphs, the, the, kind of, the harder it is to summarize in real time. Yeah. So this is from 9news.com.au, Australia's finest <laughs> publication. Finest station, yeah. So what's going on, what's going to be impacted, also just the inflections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I, I will, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm admitting I'm not great. Mm. But better i put it f i put i i, I, I just, think about it i've just got to read more that's it yeah well, i was never good at reading out in class yeah i know I was going in the corner mumbling a little bit and trying to stumble <laughs> through the <laughs> harry mcclary donaldson's dairy in class harry mcclary donaldson's dairy yeah i know good good book yeah harry mcclary little dog yeah the black one yeah black hair anyway <laughs> so this is what's going to be impacted by the Hollywood writers and actors strike. So everything is going to be impacted. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you watch any of these shows or movies, then maybe just go and sleep under your rock for a couple more months. Mm-hmm. So now that the Screen Actors Guild has joined the strike, almost all Hollywood productions will be delayed until the strike is resolved. So Spider-Man No Way Home sequel, Blade reboot. Bum, bum. Community, the movie, Gladiator sequel, uh, Captain America movie, the latest tentpole film from Marvel's cinematic universe has been delayed until July 2024. Oof. Stranger Things season five postponed indefinitely and or Star Wars season two, Last of Us season two, Euphoria season two, White Lotus season three. So these are arguably the biggest shows 100%. of the year. And everyone's hanging for these next series. Yes. And it's going to be interesting between now and July next mm-hmm. year because a lot of these are saying postponed indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Even if this strike goes on for another month or two or three, by the time they get rolling again and get into production mode, we're still 12 months away from the actual release. Yeah. So it could be an interesting 12 months. Well, what one way to get, I guess, people engaged and people following is be, be like, you can't get the thing that you want until this thing happens. Right, so you have all these fans of Stranger Things, all these fans of like Last of Us and stuff that are hanging out for these shows, but now all these audience and all these communities being told you can't get it because Hollywood's being poo-poo heads and not like listening to the, the guilds that they have over there and just not paying attention to the strikes. So and now, because the thing that you want's been limited and taken away, mm-hmm. 
that like now the audience, the community is probably going to be like supporting a little bit more, writing in, demanding no. them to like get there. Disagree. Oh, really? You don't think it's going to work? People are not going to unite for this. They're going to wait for the head honchos, the, the, the guilds, the unions to just get it sorted out. There's no people power when it comes. There's no people power in politics. There's no people power in 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 TV production. Do you think people production. just don't care enough? They'll just move on to no, another show. No, just another... wait till the wait till the to see what else is out. They just go on to Disney. No, nothing's out yet. Am Netflix, I thinking too no. much of like the world to be like, yes, everyone's going to come together? People do not. <laughs> but do people come together at the local Woolworths when there's a problem? When people are fighting for toilet paper, they ain't fighting for fucking the next Netflix show to come out on time. <laughs> They're just going to wait until one platform has one thing that carries them over until the next month and the next thing comes out. People are not going to unite. It's the- not George Floyd, but people are marching in the streets. Nothing's going to happen. Right. They're just going to put their attention somewhere else. They're going to be on threads. They're going to be on YouTube where people, there's no guilds. It's just solo creators. Mm-hmm. People are just going to shift their attention somewhere else for the time being. Well, then, because I guess some actors can't act unless if their scripts are being written, right? You watch them all do podcasts. Yeah. Well, there's you got Smartless, which is like a, they've been doing that for one for ages, though. But, like, isn't it? ironic then that you've got actors going on strike as well when they make way more money than the writers themselves isn't ironic yeah if they never started if they never joined the picket lines then yeah but now that they're joining them yeah it means it's at a serious point but doesn't that mean like couldn't like if the actors really cared wouldn't they sacrifice maybe some of their pay or the percentage and stuff so the writers could get paid more or is it just more of like the head that's not solving the problem is it just like the head honchos, the producers that's and all not, that kind of get it, getting all that's, the money? That's, that's that's not solving the problem, though. That's solving the problem now, but it's not creating the new legislation ongoing for years and years to come. Mm. They're just saying, hey, to tie you over, here's a bit of my income. But you can't just give someone $10,000, especially if you're making millions. These people, these actors that make millions and millions, mm-hmm. they've got accountants. Their accountants could be like, you can't just give... $10,000 away to one writer because there's a team of 10, 20 writers. Mm-hmm. Like in the ideal world, that'd be great, but it, you can't just do that at, at scale because then they give you the the people that are running the production companies and everything and be like, oh, the actors are going to take care of the little guy and then it takes all the culpability off the actual production companies and the businesses. Mm-hmm. They want the actual laws to change. They want the contracts to change. Like I understand, like maybe actors take a bit of a pay cut and pass it down to the next person, but that doesn't really make any systematic widespread change. Okay. That's fair. Are you going to give a 10% of your manager's salary to the underlings? Probably not. (laughs) That's the way the actors are thinking. Fair enough. Okay. So it's just more of the, they want the, I guess their contracts, the legislation, yeah. they just want to be more looked after and yeah. have more of a secure job yeah. so then they can write comfortably without that fear of, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, without that fear of like, am I going to eat? Am I going to be able to pay my rent? They just want that They're not asking for income. a handout from the actors. Ideally, the actors would have stepped in sooner. Yeah, because how long has the strike been on for now? Over a month. No, it has to be longer than a month. That's, I just said over a month. Yeah, sorry. 
You're killing me here. We're back on an hour and you're, just, you're fading out quickly. Can you Google think, it? How long has it been on for? Oh, Jesus. Thank you. How long has the, the writer's, strike. writer's strike been going on? May. May. 20, so two, two months, months. Two months. Okay. Ten weeks. All right. Longer than a month. <laughs> two months. So ideally they should have stepped in earlier. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I wonder what's going to happen. I mean, we'll just wait and see. Mm-hmm. The, the attention of the people that consume things is going to have to go elsewhere. Maybe it goes back to reality TV again. Maybe it's just more, is that cake too on Netflix for everyone? <laughs> Cooking shows where there's no script required. Yeah. All you Competition need, shows and just stuff. Just like yeah. a... A B or C grade uh, comedian, mm-hmm. that's the host, and a bunch of nobodies competing for a tiny cash prize. That's maybe what we've we got looking forward to. More of that stuff, game shows. To. Okay. But you guys, fuck, what's the segue I'm going to go with? Well, look forward to, to more episodes rates. next week and the week or just after. Or one episode next the, week. Well, and the week after and the week after that. We'll be back for episode 76 and onwards. Thank you so much for listening to the Look Mum, I'm Hustling podcast. Don't forget, don't forget to give us a like and a follow Look at on you're all trying the to save, platforms. You're trying, to save, you're trying to save it at the end here. <laughs> don't forget to head on over to YouTube, drop us a comment there. Head on over to Apple Music or Spotify and leave a review. Always greatly appreciated that. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are on... Caffeine. Caffeine as well on Facebook. Everywhere we're you can think. Not on threads yet, though. No, personal accounts are on threads, but not um, a joint one. So that's that's it. If you want us on threads, let us know. Just give us some feedback. <laughs> but you won't let us know on threads. No, because we're, we're not there. Thank you, everybody. See, See you next time. Bye. <laughs>